Welcome back to another episode of Mixed Messages. This is the second season, and we're doing the Young Love series. So I'm now getting a little bit more comfortable on the microphone, and I'm thinking I don't like the long-winded intros, so I'm going to, without further ado, introduce you to our guest, Natalie. Natalie, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this. It's been a while. It's certainly been a while. So why don't you... um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got in the seat? Like, who, who, how do you know me? What's your story with that? Well, I, uh, I knew you from your son Michael, actually, their previous guest. And I have known him since I was a sophomore in high school. We met each other as mutual friends, and then we had a really interesting chemistry from the beginning. Um, and through that, we ended up actually dating a few years later this is a very abridged version yeah <laughs> if you want to hear we that, love the story keep it yeah tell us as deep as you want um so yeah we had a really interesting chemistry from the beginning there was something there that not very uh romantic so to speak it was more or less just two souls really meshing well together i've never met a person that i could bounce off of so easily mm. like that mm-hmm. And from there, I knew I wanted to talk to him more. He became from a person I just knew to a person I wanted to see almost every day. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I broke up with my ex in my junior year of high school. And he was your friend while you were dating somebody else, so yep. he was obviously knew it was platonic. Very, very platonic. There was, It was kind of uncomfortable because my ex was... Um, not sort of threatened by him, but he didn't really like me hanging out with him as much. Yeah. So when I finally got to break up with him, that was more or less of me finally being able to talk to him more and finally putting the friendship into my own hands mm-hmm. and not feeling like I'm pushing any sort of boundary between him or the other person. Yeah, very mature of you. And so from that point, I was kind of in an emotional hardship at the time because it, it's hard to break up with somebody that you've been with for over a year. I'm Good not the type yeah. of person to I, I get attachment. Mm-hmm. I'm very much I get I grew up with attachment issues so I can't let go of things easily. Mm-hmm. So if I'm with somebody I'm committed to, to that person until I feel like it is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here I was sort of at this weird state because I find it difficult to be by myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. So at this, for over a year and a half, I was finally in my own space. Mm. And then this really good friend of mine was helping me and really helping me transition from being with somebody to being by myself that I started growing an attachment to Michael, Mm. actually. Mm -hmm. And that chemistry that we had before turned into a different sort of chemistry mm-hmm. very quickly. Before we go there, why don't you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what like the grieving looked like for you while you were in it. You know, did you I mean again it's young love, you're you're still very you're how old were you at this time again? Remind I was about seventeen. Seventeen, right? And it sounds like you were with this person for a year, was it? Over yeah, a so year and a half. Year I and a half, right? I was with that person since I was fresh into high school. I mean that's a significant relationship right mm-hmm. my first relationship exactly right mm-hmm. so then what was the grieving like then coming out of it because i mean you had made the decision but it's so hard I, all of us at all ages have to reconcile that even if we know something's right for us 
when we make rational, sane decisions to maybe bring them to an end, it still hurts. There's still heartbreak. There's still other feelings. What were yours like? Um, mine was more freeing, but at the same time, I never really could understand true happiness because bef- without saying anything bad about anybody, I felt like I wasn't my full person. I felt I was somebody else mm. with that person. Mm. I felt like they melded me into a different person. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to finally be myself, but it was difficult mm. when you're not yourself for so long. Yeah. It you have to find yourself in a way. Mm. And through that I was also trying to find myself through somebody else. Mm-hmm. I was really I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. So I was finding myself through my friends who were trying to change me to what they wanted from me. Mm which made it even worse mm-hmm. because these people wanted to be with me in a romantic setting. Right, right. And I didn't, mm-hmm. but they were trying to get me to that setting, so th- they were giving me the attention I wanted mm-hmm. and the f- space and friendship I needed, mm-hmm. but they were doing it to get something different out of me. I use that word motive a lot. Do you think they had a motive? Oh, they totally had different ul- ulterior motives than I did. Yeah. And... At first, I just thought it was mutual, just a mutual friendship, attention. And who are we talking about here? Is this uh, just generally some people generally in your life? Yeah. Other friends While you're single friend again. Yes. Yeah. I remember Michael talking a little bit about this. Yeah. Yes. Okay, go ahead. It, it definitely made it difficult because these friends that I thought that I had were friends with me for a completely different reason than I was with them. That's always a hard truth, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so long story short... Here I am, a slightly broken person because of this really difficult, toxic place I was in. Mm. The environment I was in was very... Yeah, take a breath. Exactly. Yeah, just take your time with it. No, take your time. It's perfect. This is the perfect kind of pause that we're here for. Strangling. Mm. I want to say strangling. Strangling. Yeah, so it's like a dark cloud that's constantly over you, and Mm -hmm. your sides are constantly pushing in. Mm -hmm. And as a person who doesn't have much muscle on her arms, it's very difficult to push it out. Mm -hmm. And from then forth, I finally found a person that was... That understood what it is to be just true and pure. Mm. Michael is a very pure person. Mm-hmm. You can sense it from a mile away. He has nothing that he wants to hide from anybody. He's a very open book, even if he doesn't say much. Right, yeah. <laughs> I would tend to agree. Yeah. And him and I were very good friends. And mm-hmm. then we had that kiss that was mentioned in the prior episode. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was spoken out as well because yeah why don't you go there <laughs> with us yeah let's just recap let's uh, do your side of the story um we decided to go on a halloween trip with our friends and i felt like throughout the night throughout the night was a very good night we were all together it was great we were catching up on things i felt like i was finally in a good place at that moment mm-hmm. and then we decided to meet up with some other friends and then myself 
a very attention wanting person wasn't getting that immediate attention mm -hmm. and i felt like i was at the back of the line constantly yeah. literally you were standing in a line walking through <laughs> the you're sidewalks. literally at the back of the line right yeah <laughs> and there's nobody who can't relate to what you're saying yeah yes yeah and there i am at the back while everybody else is having their own conversations and then michael seems to notice and then he comes and joins me mm. and i we're talking i'm finally being able to talk to somebody and i'm not just trailing behind with a bag of candy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there we go and i decide to tell him how about we split off since they're already walking 10 steps ahead of us regardless yeah 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 and we decide to trail off and on our walk we talk about some very deep things um i was talking about things that were troubling me at the time him as well mm. And there was this connection and comfort between us. Mm. And then... Like a peace or something, huh? Very like much. We walked past a uh, hedge of flowers. And I felt like that really helped shape the moment. Because hmm. those flowers are just there to grow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How romantic of they're, you. They're not, yeah. they're not there to do anything bad to anybody. Mm. They, they weren't even roses. So mm. they didn't have any sort of thorn to defend right. themselves right, against. Right, right, right. They were just some simple yellow flowers. And yet to be admired for just what they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just there to grow and live. Yeah. They don't have nobody's asking them motives. to be anybody else or look any different way. Why aren't you red or why are you this color? Yeah. Or, right? Why are you longer? No, yeah. they get to just be natural flowers in the they wild. They get to be. Yeah, they be. have no ulterior motives for any other leaf that's on them. Hmm. And we, for things go, one thing led to another, and then we kiss each other. And it was nothing, nothing too big. It was just a simple. Mm -hmm. Um, a simple kiss, and then... Did he lean in, or you lean in? Uh, I believe he did, mm -hmm. and then I, I followed suit. He'll be glad <laughs> you said that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go ahead. That was unfair dad <laughs> questions. Anyway, go ahead. And then a friend of ours drove by. He ended up going home early, saw that happen, and then told everybody that that was the only reason I went off with him. Right, like that was so not the plan. That was not what was going down. It was a totally different vibe that came out of it. But now it's a little group scandal. Yes. Ugh. I, I felt really bad about it. And everybody, it happened so sudden. Mm -hmm. I was getting texts. I was getting calls. People were talking about me mm. way more than I ever wanted to. And they never even tried to listen. They <laughs> jumped to conclusions without me. Wow. And one of the main reasons for that was they all tried to claim me. Mm. They thought that since I was being friendly with them and mm -hmm. giving them their attention, they thought they could claim me and ask me out. That's so powerful that you say that word. That's actually something I'm going to be talking about a lot more and actually writing a book about called mm -hmm. Claim Me. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to what you mean by claiming me? Um, I believe that is... What I'm trying to say here is yeah. When forget you what forget what I'm doing with <laughs> it, but I love I love the terminology, and I never heard anybody else, else say it. So, yeah, I'd love to hear your point of view on that. When you're so attached to something, and you have this emotional connection to it, that you feel the right, and you feel obliged to own it. Mm -hmm. It is yours. Possess. Possess it. As Possess well. it. Mm -hmm. Very much. If mm -hmm. you believe that since you have this connection to it mm. it's not a i have a connection with this thing mm. it's a i have a connection to have this it's thing. almost like a shiny object now yes and you want it yes you want to claim it for your own 
Yes. And there's mm-hmm. there's no we, there's mm-hmm. no this mutual connection. It's not even a discussion. Yes. Like why aren't you letting me claim you? Yes. Mm. The there's gall of them. Yeah. What the hell? Exactly. That's lo- that's crazy land. As soon as you get to that point of making that attachment, mm-hmm. it is now not a mutual sewing together. It is a railing it in by a fishing line. Sure, the hell looks like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. nicely said. Great visual. And I remember the day after all of this went down, I was so nervous. I wanted to explain myself very quickly. I decided in my head I was doing a mini little protest. So I wore white to school the next day (laughs) (laughs) on purpose because I wanted to showcase that I wasn't the person they thought I was. Mm. I wasn't. Oh, right, because you were kind of in the black emo thingy, maybe a little bit more then, right? I don't use that word. That was what Michael told me it was, right? Just Or not emo, but like maybe a little bit more darker clothing so that you have to tell people why the white is out of order. I I was very much of a tomboy growing up, so skinny jeans and uh, dark clothing was more of my thing. Right, yeah, okay. I wore a white dress for the first time in several months. Wow, (laughs) okay, got it. Yeah, like what's happening here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody seemed to notice, but huh. it was all for me. Wow, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, w- I was putting it up for myself. I sure. was like, this is how I want to present my, this is who I believe I am. Very if nice. If you don't recognize it, then that is not who I want to associate associate myself with. And you had thought about this over time, or did you just wake up one morning and decide this was going to happen? Or, I mean, it was instinctive or thought through or, or what, all above? Or That night, I was going through so many emotions. I remember reading a book earlier, you know, um, Oh boy, it, the it, it's uh when the young lady uh, gets assigned a letter A okay. on her. Okay. And they, long story short, they put the letter A on her because she committed adultery. Oh. Oh wow. Okay. And they put that A on her so everybody would know it. Uh-huh. And to shame her. Yeah. And. I wanted to do the exact opposite. Wow. Just come out with a pure white dress, you know, open heart. Innocence. Exactly. Yeah, it was innocence. It's the universal color for innocence. Surely, yeah. And I just, I wanted to do that. Very nice. Very powerful. Mm -hmm. Powerful statement. And then nobody seemed to notice, except for Michael, which I found out a couple months later. Mm. I was like, nobody seemed to notice that. And he's like, no, I, I did you you never really wear dresses, so <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's the day was pretty vivid for me. I remember, <laughs> <laughs> yet he kept his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then because of that instance, he decided to pull himself back mm-hmm. just because he thought that was the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. As, as a quiet person who's peered, you don't want to cause somebody anything. else harm yeah or yeah. trauma in their life or anything yeah. exactly what he, he didn't have ma- in mind yes right. the mature thing is to just pull mm-hmm. away withdraw from here mm-hmm. for a minute yeah and i was so confused because he never even gave me warning to that mm-hmm. so the pull away a complete pull away mm. complete 180 ouch those can hurt i was especially so in the mix of everything else you're going through exactly and yeah. i was so confused and that put me into a deeper spiral of what am i doing wrong mm-hmm. all these people are drawn away from me what am i doing wrong mm-hmm. and then a couple months later after several tries of me trying to contact him trying to talk to him in class him ignoring me trying to text wow him yeah pull out gone dark yes wow 
he would give me one I'm not having this. Messages. This is his Pisces stubborn foot mm-hmm. down, kind of like, okay, that went too far. Can't mm-hmm. have it. And it was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you've been trying to groom back in anything from him. Oh, definitely. Wow. Constantly. Okay. And as a stubborn person myself, yeah. I kept trying to fix it in my way uh-huh. of just initiating something. That's sure. just the way I am. I just want to go for it. Yeah. And with his stubbornness, uh-huh. he just wasn't having it. Wasn't <laughs> taking it at all whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> Damn. And uh, finally, after months and months of patience, uh-huh. I I, kn- I knew a part of me. I tried to move on. I tried to you know be that single life. Yeah. You know, be yeah. that girl that's just just in school studying, sure. doing her thing. Yeah. After months of patience, I knew. Don't don't go for anybody. Just just wait. Hmm. Something's going to happen. Hmm. I don't know why. And hmm. that thought in the back of my head was constantly there. Possibly from stubbornness and mm-hmm. wanting what I wanted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, a month before school ended, I get a message randomly at 11 p.m. And it's so late at night. I was just about to go to bed. Wow. He, call, he mm-hmm. messages me and says, hey, can I call you? And we had the longest chat in wow. a long time. Really? I believe several hours. Like and a total sit down. Yeah. 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 And most of it was just me saying, "Why? Why me? Mm-hmm. Why are you talking to me?" Mm-hmm. He ne- he didn't have an answer for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And then a few episodes back, he reveals that it was an epiphany of sorts. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So, and 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 that is kind of an interesting thing that he didn't have an answer. Right. Like he's not like an, an you know he's not didn't seem like the motive was there in the same way you've seen before. Because no, somebody would uh, alter not. your motives, or motives would kind of come up with an answer, or right, of why not. you, or try to placate those questions in order to kind of get back in your good standings or yeah. whatever. But he didn't still have an answer. No, and I wanted closure. Yeah. I wanted an answer. Mm-hmm. I I have because you didn't want to have somebody do this to you again either, though, right? Or no, him in particular, yeah. right? Especially and if you're going to get back in and get your heart invested with that. Yeah, and I don't like having things left unanswered i'm a very concrete person with things Mm. like that me too jeez and not having an answer just messed me up even more like what do i do now Mm -hmm. do i just take this as it is what does he mean by this Mm. because at some things some people might think well if he's not answering is this some sort of like friends with benefits right 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 exactly sure and we started talking again. It, the The chemistry came back. We mm. called each other even more than we had before. Mm. I went over to his house, and I met his dog, Callie. Mm-hmm. His pride and joy is love. So oh his first love for you. <laughs> yeah. She's the most beautiful thing. Oh, my she goodness. She is. Gorgeous. And I remember one time Gabe asked us. We were, we were just sitting right by the doorstep. I was putting my... Uh, shoes on because we were about to leave. He was going to drop me off at my house. Mm-hmm. And I like sat closer to him. He wrapped his hand around me and Gabe was like, oh, you're taking your girl home? And he was like, whoa, no, 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 no. She's not my girl. And I was like, this was about a month before he called me uh, at that night. Mm-hmm. And so this was during that time where he didn't want anything to be labeled. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what I, what took me a long time to find out is with him, he takes commitments very seriously. Yeah. I take commitments seriously. Right, right, but um, but he doesn't even want to want to even say that word mm-hmm. until he knows what he knows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
that messed me up even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's not typical uh, high school, uh, you know, boys. <laughs> no, I, I had bad luck with boys you growing up all luck. the time. Talk I about <laughs> that a little bit. You know, the, st- the podcasts are fun for other stories. I mean, you know, what are some of the bad bad luck stories? Um, every single guy I had a crush on never liked me back. <laughs> I was the type of girl that would constantly get friend zoned. Mm. I was so close with the boys, mm-hmm. they recognized me as the boys. Mm-hmm. And the tomboy, you're like the flowering tomboy, right? Uh, you're gorgeous, but they're keeping you in the tomboy friend zone, huh? Uh, yeah. Definitely. Wow. And I didn't fully become myself until high school, so I wasn't really... Uh-huh. Uh, she just did her. She either. just did her hands and did over the the two hands over the strike a pose in her hair. It's like yeah. it wasn't all this <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I was the one girl that always put her hair up in a ponytail right, with right. khakis to school and mm-hmm. a collared shirt. And there was nothing too special about me at the time mm-hmm. that you could see in person mm-hmm. because outside of school. I would have my hair down. I would dress the way I wanted to. I was a aspiring fashion model. Mm-hmm. My parents took me to classes and took photos with me. So I had this completely different look outside of school that mm-hmm. I felt like maybe I was pretty. <laughs> but during school, it was you nothing. You went 180. You did a totally different look. Huh? Oh wow. God, so bland. Boy, that's <laughs> so fascinating because, you know, you got all these other people pulling at you in one direction to be a certain person. And then you've got this other kind of person you're being over here right then you're going to school and kind of playing that down oh of course D- i think yeah. you know i've seen this before and seen it myself in the sense that like uh when you're beautiful from the inside out you know there's a glow and if you glow too much it's so you become a target do you feel that way a little bit or did you, i mean do you, what did you feel for myself mm-hmm. i didn't have a glow at first okay i growing up never really had my own personality okay. i tried to oh. I definitely had a Natalie personality. I was a very outgoing kid. Okay. Very loud. But I didn't know exactly who I was because mm. I was being forced to take piano classes. I was forced to be into the dancing scene. I, I, I now am thankful for that. I identify myself as a dancer now. But growing up, I never really saw the good in that. Mm. I felt like this wasn't me. I'm, I'm not a concrete person like a ballerina is Hmm. i don't fit into the just concrete black and white Mm -hmm. this girl has to stand like this in this pose and like that pose i could never Mm -hmm. my teachers would constantly give me warnings about me standing in the wrong way or pointing my foot the wrong way i just it sounds like a kind of square peg round circle kind of thing right definitely that's why i meshed so well with uh the genre of hip-hop growing up Mm. because i was a tomboy Mm -hmm. and i got to be able to express myself because what i've noticed is as a dancer all my friends who loved ballet Mm -hmm. could never do hip-hop because hip-hop didn't give you concrete directions it didn't tell you where to stand where to face it told you this is the feel do what you feel like meshes with the feel. Mm. Showcase that feel in the way you want mm-hmm, to, not mm-hmm. the way your instructor tells you like to. Like it, I like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like from the soul, like you're saying. It's like breakdancing when I was growing up, right? Everybody could come out in the circle Definitely. and do their own thing. Yes. And it didn't have and to be. And that's the beauty of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of art is being able to showcase whatever you want to express because from what I've learned, artists, their main purpose is to tell 
mm. is to tell a story, mm-hmm. tell whatever they want to, because that's what an artist does. They want to express. Mm-hmm. And I never understood boxing someone in with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I had difficulties just being myself because I was boxed in. Mm. And the only time I could finally showcase who I truly was was when I was starting to get into high school. Hmm. And there you don't have any uniforms. Mm. You got to choose your classes. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit more freedom because growing up I never had freedom. Hmm. I wasn't allowed to hang out with my friends after school until I was in seventh grade. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your like, you know, family life a little bit, and like growing up, you know, because I mean, you have a protective, you know, there's obviously someone who loves you very much and people who love you much to get you I in these programs, well. right? And uh, and you know, uh, but tell us about that, like, you know, wh- where were you born? What tell us about your family? Just give us like some whatever lowdown you feel like sharing. So I was born in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was born to a half-immigrant family. Okay. My father was born in Brooklyn, but he's Puerto Rican. And my mother was born in the former Soviet Union. And my grandma was also born in, in that uh, place and time. And they grew up with uh, sort of stricter conditions mm-hmm. and traditions. Mm-hmm. So that when my mother finally moved to America um, and she met my dad... That was where I came from. Mm. And then she decided to bring the rest of her family down. And then I grew up with a very different household than any American child would think of growing up, sort of. I, I want to hear more about that. But before we go mm-hmm. there, just uh, what, what state? Wh- where, where, where exactly were you born in America? Florida. Florida. Okay. <laughs> so here you are still in Florida. And uh, and awesome. And, and then I don't know. I mean, there's so much conversation around multiculti what's right to say what's not uh do you see yourself as a russian puerto rican woman or do you see yourself as something else i mean uh, do you ever even say that i mean whenever i introduce myself i find it difficult to Mm. because when a family is from a country in a former in a former conglomerate uh they were born in a country called uzbekistan okay and not a lot of people know where that is Mm -hmm. it's sort of hidden it's in central asia there's a lot of other countries around it that are more well-known, like Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to talk about like the Middle East, Afghanistan. There's all those other countries around it okay. that it's kind of in the shadows. I see. That when I try to tell people exactly where my family is mm. from, they typically don't know where it is. I see. So I have to resort back to just saying, oh, well, I'm half Russian, half Puerto Rican. I see. I got gotcha. you. Because it's easy. I speak Russian, and uh-huh. but my family is from a different country. It's just less to explain. But for myself, I don't really feel like I need to anymore mm-hmm. because I'm just myself. And whenever that comes across, or whenever I start speaking Russian, that's when I feel like I need to explain. Mm. But until then, I really don't need to. That's funny. So I, I, I've got some Russian friends you'll be listening. Can you just say something to our Russian audience while, while you're here? They'll love to hear from you, I'm sure. Здравствуйте. Спасибо, что вы пришли и что вы слушаете сегодня. Thank you for doing it. Awesome. So basically what yeah. I just said, mm-hmm. <laughs> to translate to you other viewers, Kay. I said, thank you for uh, stopping by. Thank you for listening. I love it. <laughs> I might just Simple and sweet, right? We might have to just put that on the little promos at the end every time. Just <laughs> your perfect Russian sounding voice. You have a beautiful voice, by the way. We didn't get oh to say that on the show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> nice to hear. Um, uh, so yeah, back to you growing up in this kind of crazy house. Now everybody's here. Wait, before we do that, actually, like if, if you... 
if you had an audience who would know where you were talking about, what would you describe yourself as? If it's not just Russian Puerto Rican, what would you say? Uh, I am part Uzbek, uh-huh. uh, part Puerto Rican, and I'm from Florida. There you go. I'd say it like that, people. Right. So that that would be <laughs> the, that'd be it, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. And then, uh, yeah. Now back to the house. Everybody, yes. Everybody's here now. Yes. Now, when you say everybody's here, that means uh, your mom. My your mother brought my grandmother down, and one of my uncles. And then from that point, my other uncle came down with his wife and the rest of my cousins. Wow. And then their family friends started coming down. There is a uh, a mini multicultural community hmm. in the city I'm from. Hmm. It started off, um, I'd like to say, just before my mom came down here. Hmm. She came down here because of a friend. And I'd like to think that that friend started this whole mini community. Like, like that, um, like a catalyst, like right, one person, and boom, yeah. now it's all great. Like the uh, to compare it to uh, Brighton Beach in New York, that's a mini Russian, very big Russian community there. Mm. And this is a sort of mini Uzbek version of that. Hmm. Wow. Um, How did that, uh, I guess it happens like that, right? Where it's just everybody's yeah. like, uh, well you're there, or we can be there. What's the, what's yes. the, because they want to be in that again. They want to yes. be around each other and share food and culture. Yes. When people right? move to a different country, they don't know much about it, especially America. It's right. huge yeah, compared yeah, exactly. to Europe yeah. and even smaller countries. Yeah. The rest of the countries are as big as our state. Mm-hmm. So when you move into such a big new world, mm-hmm. you want to stay close to home. Sure. That's how humans really work. Yeah. It's that nature versus nurture. I remember reading a study one time that these there were these babies of different races and they were all put into a room together. They were all scattered. And then over time you would notice that similar colored babies would start grouping up together. Mm. And um, the conclusions from that that scientists have uh, come up with is that humans in nature or nurture, (laughs) there's a discussion with that too, Mm -hmm. naturally come together with uh, similarities. Mm. And there is a weird thing about that because nobody really wants to think of that. Uh, you're like birds of a feather kind of thing, but like yes. in the gene pool, like you have the same Even nose as me or something, pool. or yes. like you smell familiar or it's just something. It right? makes you feel at home, sort of. Interesting. So when you move into a whole new world, you want to find somebody yeah. that lives there. And huh. then they're like, oh, well, I live in Florida. You're like, okay, well, I'll move down there. So I'll have some comfort to transition into this new life. Wow, love it. Now, before we go there, mm-hmm. actually, I want to hear that, but it's kind of fun. We can do some skip around this show. Now you're talking about chemistry with Michael. You guys are just now getting back in, you know, d- back in the cahoots with each other a little bit. You've gone through this uh, little night of talking. What happened then? We're going to, like, totally bounce around people. We're going like, to hit multi-track. Back to that. Uh, so from that point, we have gotten closer than ever. And knowing myself, I'm very stubborn, wanting to see him all the time and wanting to really bounce on this chemistry we have i wanted to really get into it Mm -hmm. we started really hanging out with each other Mm -hmm. it went how long ago was that again about a year ago yeah i want to say a little over a year ago uh we started from only seeing each other once a day at school to hearing each other on the phone two days a week to seeing each other in person every single day of the week over the summer (laughs) right 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 yeah yeah and then wow that was a summer of love then oh definitely wow you had your own summer of love 
Well, one of those summer vlogs yeah. that don't just last in the summer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Get the ca- kept are. going. Yeah. Yes, here yeah. we are about a year and a half later. How awesome is that? that. Yeah. What was the year? What was the year of the summer of love? We just got to put it out there. Cause this, I want to say, was 2019. 2019. So it's about to hit two years at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that was a good year, I would say, 2019. Oh, very much a good you year. Think? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Carry on. And that summer started to slowly end as school starts trickling back in. And then I remember homecoming happened. And homecoming was the time that I still thought we were going as mutual friends that were emotionally and and physically exclusive to each other but didn't want to label it. Mm. Who Mm. needs to label things anyways? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear it now. Yeah. Yeah. And then homecoming happens and he he wants, he tells me, how about you be my date? How about we actually go together and we're not just there as mutual friends? How about I pick you up, we go get dinner together, and then we come together. Hmm. We we go to the dance together as, mm-hmm. as a quote-unquote date. Hmm. And then y- halfway through that evening after we dance on the dance floor, <laughs> yeah, he uh, sets me aside and closes my eyes, and then puts rings on my fingers. Yeah. And then says, I want you to be my girlfriend. Well, well, well. You heard it here first, people. If you're not Christian already, <laughs> come on. That's, that's awesome. All right. So sweet, ain't so it? So sweet. Uh, better than I could have ever imagined. Wow. Being told to be my girlfriend. Right, with the, like, with the <laughs> low lights and the, you know, the disco ball and the music and yeah. like high school dreamy kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And our school was an outside school, so he decided to take me out into the night sky wow. with all the stars wow, to wow. tell me that. that. Been, yeah, no, <laughs> no thought left behind here. He oh, thought it all out. Not. Yeah, all the way down <laughs> to the ring. Definitely. Yeah. And I hear a couple months after he tells me, oh, I was shaking the whole day. I was shaking <laughs> to my boots. <laughs> He's like, I was holding that ring in my pocket, just Kep checking, checking it, it to make sure it's still there. <laughs> That's good that you guys can share that kind of stuff, too. Oh, we are so close. Yeah. I I feel like we can. I I. I naturally don't lie to people, uh-huh. but with him, I can't even hide anything. Right, right. He's, we're just so easy to talk to each other. Uh-huh. It's It flows so naturally. Our chemistry's there. Uh-huh. And we don't even need to see each other every day. Yeah. I feel like the honeymoon phase, what people call it. Yeah. We had that, mm-hmm. and now we're past it. Because mm. during that honeymoon phase, I was still very kind yeah. of toxic actually because i was still going through my own things mm-hmm. so i was pushing us to you know be m- more together every day mm-hmm. you know constantly making sure everything was good and everything was mm-hmm. grand and that nothing bad was happening mm-hmm. but because i was being so critical as a virgo i'm a very critical person mm. i was making it worse mm-hmm. with these things you want to be as natural as possible you don't want to plan everything mm-hmm. uh, love there is no plan with love mm-hmm. love in and of itself is such a natural beautiful thing you you can't turn can't it into a math problem you can't problem. possess it either right or yeah exactly and, and, you, know, and you can't fragment it or yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so during that time he was getting really stressed and i felt so bad afterwards because mm, you were kind of putting the heat on like you know like that's yeah, you got I all this and i want this and there's some codependency there of course it's Definitely. natural and 
Right, mm-hmm. yeah. But he wanted to make you happy and please you and others, yes. right? Yeah. And I'm thankful so for that greatly. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I was really making it difficult on our honeymoon phase. Right, and then okay. after that, he was like, he put his foot down. Mm. And I had to, yeah, oh boy, I cried. Mm-hmm. But we needed that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of difficult rebuilding. Mm-hmm. I made some mistakes of going back into that critical mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. But then we kept rebuilding and rebuilding. And now I feel like we're at this good mutual zone mm-hmm. to where if there is something that happens, we tell each other right away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and knock on wood, of course, I feel like nothing bad has happened in a long time. That's nice. Because even though there are some instances where I push his button on purpose. And they all do. <laughs> and, ch- and on purpose, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can bit that out loud. <laughs> I, I almost muted out the on purpose, but we heard, you got to hear it, you say it out loud. Okay? On yeah. purpose. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Yep. There's that one. Yeah. Uh, we work it out almost right away. Mm. I give him his space. He gives me mine. Mm-hmm. We don't have an extreme codependency like I wanted us to in the beginning. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy it, but we don't need it. Well said. Well said. When you do fight, what what, what do you guys fight about? Um, Typically, possibly me pushing boundaries mm. or miscommunication was a big one mm. for a long time mm-hmm. because... I have this problem of when I'm upset, I shut down. Mm. I don't talk a lot in general, Mm -hmm. so not talking a lot to talking not at all is a complete, my body just, it aches me to talk. Freezes or whatever. I freeze. Mm -hmm. And so he tries edging these words out of me, Mm -hmm. and I can't. Mm. And then he's like, what, how am I supposed to fix something mm-hmm. if you won't even tell me what I need to fix? Mm-hmm. And then most of the time we realize I needed to fix it. Mm. And, you know, from that point, that's just, that that's really all our fights are. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit of How can I help you or how can you help me how or can how can you help me help you or how can we balance this out? Where does this need to go? It it seems so first worldy, but it, that's all it is. That's right. That's your that's your problems. And, and it's great. And from your generation, I mean, what do you? How do you see relationship I- around you? I mean, like you're you're in a committed relationship. You're a young woman. You're in college, which is great because you guys are under you know a fair amount of stress and living and work and college and life and mm-hmm. the fact that you're not at each other's throats or you're also not trying to make each other into something else that you're not. So you get to feel exactly. very understood and you get to yes. feel very nurtured in your relationship and i know he does too which is so beautiful and we all like we all really that's our that's most of our desire right i mean you guys you guys have arrived um but in that um how do you see your generation think about relationships separate from you and michael and maybe if you were single Mm -hmm. what would it look like for if you both were single maybe Mm -hmm. even what would it look like in this generation because i think a lot of people in the multi-generational audience is very Mm -hmm. curious about these podcasts because they're Mm -hmm. you're telling people what they don't really know well, with our generation, Generation Z, I was born in 2001. I'm older Generation Z. I was born before, as Michael Santa previously said, I was born before uh, 9-11. Rest in peace to everyone. Right, uh, mm. my, my condolences to all the families. Mm. But I, I was older Gen Z. And with Gen Z in general is we have this mutual understanding that relationships shouldn't be forced. And that a traditional lifestyle is something that most of us probably don't need. 
um, Gen Z can also be defined with the fact that the generation that raised us, Gen X, a lot of us had to live through our families divorcing, mine in particular. And we see that sometimes just forcing a relationship and forcing to be into this cookie cutter um, nuclear family lifestyle does not work for everybody. So we learned that we need to move things at our own pace and we shouldn't rush into courting. We shouldn't rush into a label. We shouldn't rush into being in a relationship, marrying and then suffering and then risking the lives of our children by divorcing and then having them grow up in splitted families. Damn. So that's why you notice us take things slower. You notice that as we grow older, uh, with older generations being young, young millennials, that a lot of us aren't getting married right away. We're taking our college years very by ourselves. A lot of us like to discover ourselves through that time especially with us growing up with the 2016 um, uh, gay marriage legalization Mm -hmm. fiddling. Mm -hmm. So because of that, everything is open to us. Mm. We see things in a whole new light, Mm -hmm. and we understand that not everything has to be like we're forced to be. Mm, That's Yeah, well, that's a... um I guess a generation uh, breaking through, right? I mean, like a like a true uh, revolution, emotional revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it your hearts feeling this? Is your minds feeling this? I mean, how do you guys come up with these kinds of, you know, um, ch- you know, complete changes to the matriarch and the patriarch that you knew for for every generation above you? You guys are breaking the mold. Well, how, how and why? I feel like we're a lot more in tune with our hearts and both our brains as well. Because growing up, we live in an era of technology that we had to grow up a little bit faster so we wouldn't get into it. The internet is scary, basically. Yeah. And we had to use our brains a lot more in a lot more mature way. Wow. Okay. Because when you're on social media at the age of 10, how good is that for you when you're surrounded by all these adults? Yeah. Spewing all these, all their narratives. Wow. Grooming kids. That's also a very uh, hard issue that that's going on at this age. And we need to, we had to figure out and research, do a lot of research of what is right. Hmm. Because we're so, we have this huge access to technology and media, social media, videos, where we see so many relationships on TV. And you put two and two together and you figure out, okay, this is a common issue. That's our brain side. And then our heart side is like, well, what can I do to, what can I do to stoke get that? Right, right, yeah, yeah. I want stoke those fires and yeah yeah yeah, uh I still want relationships Uh and I still want to a lot of us still want to grow up and have a family right even if it's not as traditional as a nuclear family there you go but that's why we are very selective with these things Hmm. and that uh, brain side of the research and the videos of seeing all these different examples of broken families uh, fixed uh, and good relationships all these mo- all these movies that we grew up with and um, a lot of us actually 
that watch YouTube videos growing up, that's a new platform now, have seen these YouTube creators be in long-lasting relationships and then break up just like our parents did. Mm, wow. Yeah, you know, it's a, the three things come to mind I think is very interesting on this one. Um, one is, is that being the fact that you came from this generation that was so informationally informed, if you will, and you knew you had access to it, that you guys mm-hmm. kind of had yes. this had this perspective that you that you didn't get the r- you didn't have the right to not know, right? Yes. Like you 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 knew that you 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 knew that you had to admit that you know because you see the generation above you and what a shit show that was, mm-hmm. and how painful that was even for mm-hmm. you guys growing up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. Michael's talked about the impacts of the m- his mother and my divorce tremendously, and yep. I always said that's not what mm-hmm. he's down for, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> and um. And so you you saw that, and then you've got all this media at your fingertips. Yes. And then it's somehow you guys kind of just all kind of slowed down enough to say, we're going to start, we're going to really just start focusing and paying attention to the things that really matter as humans. Definitely. And it starts with like our intimate relationships, and we're going to just try to t- take those a little bit slower and more mindful. Yes. And, and another thing that comes to mind with me is on, um, I talked about a little bit and I'm kind of exploring is the idea of designer relationships. Mm-hmm. Right, where you design them, they yeah. don't they don't have to be conventional, yes. right? And now that you can have all the sexual sexes in the mix and everything, yeah. right? You know, and all that freedom that we can all love who we want to love, freedom. right? That's beautiful. I remember Michael celebrating that too, and everybody just feeling so, you know, and for yes, him, yes, he was sharing amazing. that that just felt so good that he knew yeah. that his gay friends could now be okay with loving each other, and they could exactly. possibly get married, and their dreams could it's come so true beautiful. someday. It's just really beautiful, so right? Beautiful. Yeah, and so. And then you guys kind of, uh, so now you guys are designing a relationship. What is, what is it, what's it look like? I mean, how are you guys designing it? You guys were about a while ago, you guys were maybe not going to go to school. Now you decided you've got to go to school. You know, you're I- deep in that. How, how are you designing your life? What does it look like? What are you designing together? Us, uh, yeah. Michael and I personally, aren't designing anything anymore together. Because okay. I feel like designing things mm-hmm. And one thing is amazing. Okay. And another thing feels like you're being pushed into that box again. Because mm-hmm. to me, designing things now creates a plan. There you go. Wow. And this I plan is... I needed to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And this plan is what got us into this whole idea of, well, do we need college? Do we not? Do we have to grow up together with uh, without a plan and with our own separate plans? we can grow together mutually without having to exactly be with each other all the time and plan every single thing together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't need that. Present and future, you're saying now, too. Yes. Yeah, your plan is to not have a plan and like to, yes. to grow with each other. If I need mm-hmm. to go to school at a different time, mm-hmm. for me, I can't afford going to school over the summer, so I can't graduate as quickly as he can. Right. I have to spend my time in the fall right. and transfer later. That's right. That's okay. Totally. He can leave without me. Mm -hmm. We don't need to plan going together. Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody wants that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But we're all mature to at least put our foot down at one point and be like, okay, we don't exactly need this all the time. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's what helped us a lot was just saying, okay, let's forget the plan. If you need to do what you need to do, go do that. I'll do me. We'll meet each other again. Our souls have met each other twice already. Right, right, yeah. If we came back from months of not even acknowledging each other's existence, mm-hmm. 
then we can do it again. <laughs> nice. I love it. It's so inspiring. <laughs> it's beautifully inspiring. I think, you know, it's, um, and I learned from that. I think I want to throw out the designer relationship thing now. I think I'm done with it. I think you just helped me put a button in that <laughs> one or whatever. Put there a, we go. Put a fork <laughs> in it. That one's out. Okay. <laughs> the idea is that no, no plan is the best plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and so, okay, so now back to the, the wild, crazy family. So now they're mm-hmm. all in a town together. Everybody's yeah. everybody's there. You're growing up. Um, at this time, you're about, what, eight or nine or ten uh, when they're all there? And Oh, yeah. yeah. I honestly, early. Early. They grew. They, they came, came in a couple so years fast. into your being my born kind of thing. My dad was even like, you're not even, you're, you're not doing it that fast, are you? <laughs> She's I, mean, like, I thought I'm we were supposed to. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to like live together for a little while. She's like, no, that's no, where we're bringing them no, all hello, in. Hello, the mom's <laughs> here. One of the brothers here. Everybody's in. Wow, <laughs> I can see the visual. They're all walking through the door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. And I remember because my grandma couldn't speak English, I had to learn a new language. Mm. I It took me a long time to speak. I think my mom said about two years. I don't know if I'm butchering that, but she said it took me a lot longer than the other kids mm-hmm. because I was growing up bilingual. Mm-hmm. And then because my grandmother was the one raising me all the time because my dad was at work, my mom was at work, mm-hmm. she, tr- she raised me in a more traditional lifestyle that's more traditionally Asian, traditionally mm-hmm. Russian. Mm-hmm. So I never really got to go out. Um, I was able to play with my friends as a little kid growing up, but I was never allowed to do sleepovers. I was never allowed to have boyfriends. I was never allowed to have too much fun. I had to have some dis- some discipline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had me study all the time. Mm-hmm. She taught me multiplication a year before my school day, same thing with division mm. and all the other math stuff. Right, right, right. I remember I would go home, I would play some games, and then when she would be home, she'd be like, okay, Natalie, take this chapter book, read five pages of this chapter, memorize it verbatim, <laughs> and then recite it on a piece of paper. Damn. You're not allowed to summarize. Wow. You have to write it down verbatim, and she would circle or x the right wrong words and then have me do it again amazing and i uh, thanks to her i I wish we all had one of those (laughs) in our life yeah yeah oh it was a pain at the time i I remember gulliver's travels travels deeply ingrained in my childhood (laughs) yeah (laughs) memorize exactly yeah but uh thanks to that i have a very good memory yeah 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 (laughs) but uh I, i remember even at that age, I was like, wow, no other kid is It's going to be coming rocking with this package. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All I this information. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I remember eating a lot more traditional home-cooked meals. Bad I wasn't allowed food, to have right? chicken nuggets. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> No yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were like in a bubble. You were like not in yeah. the United States in a way. You were kind of in a... Yes. Uh, East Asia. Or I, Asia, didn't, Asia yeah. I didn't even have burgers for the longest of time. Mm-hmm. I thought I wouldn't like burgers mm-hmm. <laughs> until I finally tried one what, in like middle school or high school. Right. I grew up with this preconceived notion of not even liking like, I don't know, mustard because mm-hmm. I never had mustard that at That garbage is probably what your grandmother said. <laughs> oh, don't look at that. That's all garbage. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. thought I wouldn't even like Chick-fil-A uh-huh. or other fast foods. Uh-huh. But hello. <laughs> yeah, we've learned. There you go, free sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chick Fil A, you got one free on us this time. Whoop! There you go. I like, I like, I like fast food sometimes. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And yet you're a vegetarian right now. Is that or mostly? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'm a lot more 
free with that. I'm yeah. a little bit more of a pescatarian. Pescatarian, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Michael is more of he's uh, going fully veggie. Fully veggie. Yeah, he's yeah. the one that keeps me in check. I sometimes. kept saying, "Do you sure you want to be a pescatarian?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I, I think I'm just doing veggies." I love seafood. I love seafood too. I'm such a seafood person. Yeah. I love my veggies. Mm -hmm. Since grandma raised me with eating a lot of veggies, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, didn't have much candy. It mm -hmm. was fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit why we're on that with grandma, because mm -hmm. you know she had a, she was a businesswoman and like a real matriarch of her community back home, oh, right? Definitely. I think you were telling me about that. You she know? would tell me stories of her owning her own little grocery store, mm -hmm. and not even just little. She says it's a little bit bigger too. Yeah. But she. Uh, paid for two homes. She bought two homes. Wow. They they weren't homes uh, at that country. It's a lot more of like apartments. Right, sure. That's just how yeah, the exactly. buildings are built. Yeah, yeah. But she owned two apartments all to herself, wow. renovated them, had her own libraries wow. in there. Wow. Um, raised her three kids, my mom and my two uncles, mm -hmm. um, with a very, uh, she was a very strong woman. Mm -hmm. So Still is. Yes. Yeah. She took care of the house all by herself, fed three kids, mm. even when she couldn't feed herself sometimes. Wow. She fed them. She took them all to college. My mom was at the top university in her country, mm. studying with the president's daughters at the time. Mm -hmm. My other uncle was in uh, a college for, he wanted to be a lawyer mm -hmm. and uh, also a, uh, oh my goodness, how do I say it? <laughs> Is there a Russian word for it? Is that uh, yes, yeah. it's uh, in English, though. He wanted to be a police detective. Police there we detective. Go. There it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then my other uncle, she managed to buy him his first car because he wanted to be a mechanic. Mm, there you go. No, mm. be no better way than to start taking care of your own car and learn it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. And so she had this range of like, you know, yeah, the scholar aspects, but yet mm -hmm. still accepted her other child for mechanic. That's a good to yeah. trade. She she was probably a very communal matriarch of the you know kind yes. of a, the she woman's woman all right the time. baked and everybody right? knew it when mm, she everybody knew and yeah right yeah, she yeah. would crack the window open you would smell the food uh -huh. come down the block and I'd be like yep that yeah. that that's Grandma Natalia and there she goes nice who I'm named after that was cool <laughs> that and you're named after yeah yeah. yeah. And how do you see? Uh, so do you do you guys talk about having children at all or is that is that ever come up or? Uh, because I grew up in a traditional household, I always wanted kids. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, hearing Michael, he does sound like he wants kids. Uh -huh. And uh, I have my own little perfect vision of it. I want sure. three kids, okay. two boys and a girl. Nice. Um, he also Who's the oldest? Is it, is it the third? The two boys are the oldest. Okay, got and it. And they take care of the little girl. There you go. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Can't perfect little vision there I have. It is. It's perfect vision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we haven't talked about kids much, but he knows he wants to name one of them, uh, Michael, mm. to, to keep the family name going. The family there you name go. Going. That's cool. And, um, I believe, uh, Jabron is in the question as well, possibly. Mm -hmm. So Powerful. Yeah. Wow. So, and then, uh, and then I think we're going to end up coming back to your family on the next show, but let's go back into kind of what, what you're doing now. Like you're, you're, you're pursuing what kind of, um. What kind of career now? What kind of education? I'm currently going into uh, accounting. Mm -hmm. I'm currently getting my AA at a college near me, yeah. and then I want to transfer to a bigger university and get a master's in accounting. There you go. Because I want to graduate with the eligibility of getting a CPA, mm -hmm. and then I want to take that further with me. Mm. I want to be able to have accounting as my stepping stone mm -hmm. because I want to branch out, maybe do other business ventures. Mm -hmm. Or even combine business with activism, maybe do nonprofit. 
um, accounting because accountants, what I've learned in class, are naturally supposed to be ethical. Mm-hmm. That's just our main That's thing. the one thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's what fits with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to help people and I want to know that I'm not going to be screwing anybody over mm-hmm. or um, messing with somebody or exploiting anybody. So I want to be able to take that and use my math, use my activism. Mm-hmm. Who knows where that will take me, but I know I want accounting as my stepping stone. Hmm. That sounds like a real contribution to the world, Evan. That sounds like you want to use your, your your services to be a better person or be a better person. I mean, is, uh, it, is it like that? I mean, so there's a moral aptitude, yeah. at least. You're picking your yeah. career based on the ability that for you to feel like you can. there's a core ethics there that you can that can protect you in the career world, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, I love that. Because, um, to bring us, uh, to call us back to the Generation Z yeah. uh, information thing. Yeah. We didn't ask to be so informed. Mm-hmm. Uh, our parents were growing up as we were at that time, so mm-hmm. they figured maybe it was a good idea to give us these new phones, these new smartphones mm-hmm. to adapt us to this mm-hmm. new age. Surely, yeah. Was it a good idea? Yeah. It's a controversial topic. It's pretty controversial. Exactly. Yeah, we'll come back to that one on the show. So we've never asked for all this information, but since we have it, we've been using it. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten plenty informed over the past year. That's mm. just my thing. Powerful. I want to learn more. I want to stay knowledgeable on any topic that there is. No one wants to be kept in the shadows, and it's good to catch up in on your news sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I want to. that's what led me to really push myself forward be like I don't want to just stand by I want to put in my contribution Hmm. how big or how small I don't know but I know I want to make a contribution Hmm. and that's starting off with being knowledgeable Uh and maybe maybe after college I'll help an organization spread awareness Uh because the first step is education Uh the first step is um, being informed Uh so after I get my degree, who knows where that will take me, but I know that's definitely one of the places I want to be. That's a trajectory. I mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is kind of interesting is that, uh, you know, when you were talking about kind of, you know, being a dancer, but not this, this particular frame, or like you had this perfect image, even you had the perfect image of what your family might look like, even though you know you can't control these things, right? Yeah. But then you <laughs> also said you want to be a model, and, you know, I and, and, and obviously... You you're absolutely gorgeous, and you have oh all the potential you. to be. You know you are, yes, I'm and I love it, and I'm so flattered <laughs> you just have you in front of me. But um, but there's also the fact that you know you get this height thing, right? And so everybody has this perspective of like, oh, you're tall enough, right? And you've just proven that wrong, right? I mean, like it's like you're you're not too short or too tall to me, but it's like I know the model people or the guys like my old school, old generation guys were like, oh well, and no girl should want to be a model if they're not this exact. Thing right, and yeah. th- that's been changing, and it's and, and now I've got exactly. about I've got you on an L magazine. Is that the how <laughs> they pronounce it? L L yeah L. She's in a European L, uh, mm-hmm. multi-page spread. It's on my desk. Anytime <laughs> you guys want to come down and see it for yourself, I'm so proud of it. Oh, so n- yeah, you. right. So now you're going to be a CPA. You're a model. You're in a healthy mm-hmm. relationship that you love being in. Mm-hmm. And um, what else feels good? I believe that's. That's a big part of it. That's a big part of it. I yeah. feel like I'm finally in my zone. Mm-hmm. I'm in my space. Mm-hmm. I live in the dormitories at my school right now, mm-hmm. so I'm finally out of the restricted environment I grew up in. Wow, that's a big one. Now that we got a little taste of it with grandma and upstairs, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the protection, and you've yes. been protected. Yes. And just on that, I think we're kind of starting to come tail in, so it's good because we'll be doing more of these. But so grandma got to meet michael obviously and yes. start to eventually accept that you had mm-hmm. this new boyfriend right yes and 
How did that go down over time? Oh, well, they're so close now. Actually. Are they? Are they? I would go up to my room, you know, change my clothes when he'd come over or, you know, get my room ready to like in case he wants to do homework with me. Yeah, Noth- yeah. Nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. And while I'd be up there just, you know, figuring things out and getting myself ready, I'd come down and they're deep in conversation. She's telling him the new things, huh. even though there's this language barrier. Yeah. He can now communicate with her easily. Huh. He gets her because talking to grandma, she has this broken English yeah. and she understands more English than she does speak it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, it's like a whole new language that a person has to learn, mm. not just Russian, but this whole new extra step mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and he started to figure out that language yeah he, yeah, he got to learn it from scratch because it was just yeah. grandma's he's like i don't have to learn russian i just have to learn grandma's yes exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden now he knows grandma yeah. speak yeah yeah i love and it they're, s- they're really close now she I tells him that. about the new news she watched on tv the new things she's baking right mm. and so they're really close he's close with my mom uh, he he's close he's good with my uncle too my uncle's very selective mm-hmm. very protective over our family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i knew that when they made that nice mutual handshake oh, that it was a good there too were there good. <laughs> wow yeah. <Phew>. Yeah. <laughs> well as we wrap the show do you would you care to share uh, any last advice with us you know around you know, obviously the show is around mixed messages. It's really just a candid conversation about life and relationship, love, and, you know, all the things that come with it, right? The, the dark and the, the shadows and the light. A- anything yes. you can share with us just to kind of close out the show tonight? Well, I hope you all enjoyed hearing me today. I know I was, uh, it's my first podcast, so <laughs> give me a little It was slack, awesome. Guys. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, no, it was great. I think people are going to love it. Um, well, I do want to say that I hope I brought in a little bit more of a perspective of, a Gen Z's um, look on relationships, look on uh, technology, and look on a person who's not so traditional herself. Um, and I, I hope that we can now have this gap be a little bit closed further. Um, hearing uh, part one with Michaels, talking about boomers, talking about all the other stuff, I hope hearing it from a different point of view that brings us a little closer to hopefully we'll even get to talk about a few other topics on the show one other night you were gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna that was awesome that was our yes, first podcast yes, together yes, it won't be our you. last i love you natalie yes mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> next all messages. right until next time next messages